Stay inspired on the go with Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast from internationally acclaimed executive coaches, authors and ministers, Albert and Comfort Okran. You will be inspired and challenged with strategies to consistently reach for new heights. And now, today's message by Reverend Albert Okran. Good evening and a warm welcome to Joy 99.7 FM and to Springboard, the virtual university. Get ready for an insightful hour of instruction and repositioning for the future. My name is Albert Okran, and from now till you graduate at 8 p.m., I promise you a ride that will raise your personal value one more notch. Helping me serve you tonight are my virtual academic board comprising Comfort the Registrar with Matthew and Amos. Springboard is a thematic seminar. We call it the Virtual University because it seeks to equip the new generation of African leaders and executives using the medium of human capital development. The broadcast is put together by Legacy and Legacy, your preferred partner for world-class corporate training and your superstition join 99.7 FM. It is brought to you by the kind courtesy of EcoBank, the Pan-African Bank. Let me get us underway with our scripture for today. And it's on preparation, or if I may say so, acceleration. And as our custom, if you can post the chapter and the verse on Springboard, the Virtual University Facebook page. Today I'm giving out a copy of last year's compilation of speeches at the Festival of Ideas 2013. The Festival of Ideas 2013, the speakers, what they said at the festival and so if you can tell me where to find this verse, I am going to give you a copy of last year's compilation. The first to post, first of the mark, as they say. Right, or first across the line, whichever it is. This is the verse. If you have run with footmen and they have worried you, then how can you contend with horses? And if in the land of peace in which you have trusted, they worried you, then how will you do in the flat plain of the Jordan? That's the verse for today. If you have run with footmen and they have worried you, then how can you contend with horses? And if in the land of peace in which you have trusted they worried you, then how would you do in the flat plain of the Jordan? And just by way of interpretation or throwing more light, if in the battle at the lower level you find yourself wanting what happens when the battle is killed to the next level if the first half of the year has been challenging for you what happens when the next half of the year the thing steps up to the next level what would happen to you this is a very interesting scripture and i would like to find out from you where do i find the chapter and the verse of this passage Ahead of the 2014 Festival of Ideas, let me remind you that it is slated for this Thursday, the 14th of August, at the Labadi Beach Hotel. I know we've held a festival at, at, at different venues in previous years, but note this year's venue is the Labadi Beach Hotel. Take note of that one. After months of preparation, the one-day event is expected to bring together top CEOs, COOs, board members, and public officials to deliberate on strategy, finance, leadership, partnership, and marketing. If you are a senior manager, if you run an organization of any sort, that is the place to be. But the question I'm asking you tonight, what one thing would you like the festival to address? Share it with us right here on Springboard, your virtual university, either by Facebook, on our various Facebook platforms, or SMS 1422 across networks. What one thing would you like this year? 
year's Festival of Ideas to speak to or to address. The event under the theme Strategic Positioning is gathering these leaders and equipping them with the tools to excel in the chosen areas and even more importantly, to achieve better results in the second half of this all-important year. George Bernard Shaw says progress is impossible without change and those who change or those who cannot change their minds cannot change anything. Progress is impossible without change and those who cannot change their minds cannot change anything. So here's the question. How do you change your mind without exposure to new information, best practices or superior Technology. That is why you must join the mastermind group of top leaders and explore how to reposition yourself for the rest of the year. When I return from the commercial break, I'll be bringing you details about the two sessions at the Festival of Ideas and even more importantly, a playback of excerpts of presentations from previous editions. The Festival of Ideas 2014 will bring together the finest array of business leaders, CEOs, and corporate leaders, as well as organizational heads to deliberate on strategy, marketing, finance, and leadership. And so the main plenary event, there are two sessions. The main plenary event is the evening session called The Night with Great Minds. And the great minds really are the participants coming together, leaders from various fields, brainstorming and networking as we navigate our way through the rest of the year and into the future. Vikram Mansharamani is a global equity investor and lecturer at Yale University. He will headline our list of international speakers and he will share on the generalist advantage on Thursday night. His thesis is simply, or his idea is simply the fact that you can go beyond your area of expertise and gain significant advantages. Somehow he's saying that a jack of all trades has an advantage over the specialist and you will find out why just being a generalist can increase your income significantly. Dr. Mensatable will speak on leadership mindset for uncertain times while Sangudele will share on financial optimization for growth. If you want to grow your organization, what model are you using financially and what changes can you make? These are the three speakers for the evening session on Thursday and it's an executive dinner at the Labadi Beach Hotel. There are limited entry passes available for thousand Ghana cities and special packages are available for companies booking corporate tables for eight or sponsoring five or more participants. Let me also tell you about the morning sessions. These are breakfast seminars from 8 a.m. till 12.30 p.m. and there are just four seminars available running concurrently. That means you cannot attend more than one. The first one is spotting bubbles before they bust and that is about anticipating the future and seizing your opportunities by Dr. Mansharamani and then the target is CEOs, board members, consultants, and senior management. The second seminar is Emerging Trends in Competitive Sales and Marketing Environments, and that is by Professor Bob Hinson of the University of Ghana, and that is for CEOs, marketing directors, heads of sales, advertising, and then customer service. Seminar three is on financial repositioning, managing your budget in uncertain times, and naturally, that is for CEOs, CFOs, finance directors, chief accountants, etc., and that will be by Charles Mensah of Trust Consult. The final seminar is on changing patterns in state business relations and, very importantly, public-private partnerships and corporate social responsibility. That will be delivered by Professor Ian Shapiro of Yale University, and that will target largely public officials, government officials, CEOs, PROs, admin and HR managers, 
NGO heads, and then legal and compliance managers. So these are the various categories. Look in the, the, the newspapers tomorrow for details of these seminars and call for details 0544 315164 or 0244 359393 or send an email to info at legacy and legacy.com.gh and we will send you a full information pack to enable you make a decision. But just to give you a 40th of what to expect from the presentations at the Festival of Ideas. Let me just play you excerpts of what Professor P.K. Richardson shared in the previous Festival of Ideas, some thoughts that I shared myself, and then also the thoughts of Dr. Mansell Tuttle from the previous editions of the Festival of Ideas. Just enjoy this. And whilst you do, just post your thoughts on what you would like this year's festival to address. Just send it SMS one four two two across networks. What WhatsApp zero two four four three four zero four three seven. But in the meantime, just enjoy excerpts of the previous editions of the Festival of Ideas. Please don't go away. Keep this frequency clear. Ninety nine point seven. In every area of human endeavor, leadership is the most important ingredient. Without good leadership, nothing can be achieved. But with good leadership, a lot can be achieved. So I made the point that leadership is cause, everything else is effect. National progress, economic development, organizational progress, company progress, do not come as a result of chance or as a result of some good luck. You know, we were lucky and we became profitable. Or as a result of magic. Let there be light, and there was light. It doesn't happen like that. Progress and success always comes from effort that people put together. Now, for this century, in order to be able to develop a nation or make sure that a company actually does well and survive this century, leadership will become increasingly crucial. To develop a competitive advantage in a world that is globalizing, a world of mega competition, where the winner wins all and the loser loses everything, to develop such an advantage, we need a leadership that is able to develop ideas, develop visions, and excite and motivate people and align them behind the ideas to achieve success or achieve the vision. And there are lessons that we can learn, ladies and gentlemen, from companies of the past. In the late 1970s, two guys decided to do a piece of research on successful American companies. What they wanted to do was to go out in search of excellence. What they wanted to do was go out and look at the best-run American companies, the most successful ones, and study them and find them what makes them so good. And if they can find out what makes them so good, they can write about these companies and business students can learn so that they can also improve their own companies. These two guys are Tom Peters and Bob Waterman. And they studied the best companies in America. And you know America has millions of companies. They took the top 100,000 and studied them. And in the end, they identified 43 companies which by any performance indicator were the best in corporate America. In terms of profitability, in terms of customer service, 
in terms of employee satisfaction, in terms of environmental issues, these 43 companies were the cream of American business. By 1984, they were still the best. But only 10 years later, in 1994, all of them had disappeared, except eight. And today, only six of these 43 original companies are still around. The rest are all dead. Now, for those of us who want to manage companies, lead companies, be visionary, bring great results to companies, there are lessons that we can learn from this, uh, this example. If the best companies in America can disappear within 10 years, then the first lesson is that success in business is never permanent. I call it the impermanence of success. Success is never permanent. The fact that you are doing well today does not guarantee that 10 years from now, you will still be around. The second lesson is a paradox. And I call it the failure of success. That is to say, success itself can actually lead to failure. Because, you see, we have a human weakness. When you are very successful, you become complacent. And a lot of these companies actually folded because they were so good that they became very complacent. In 1984, IBM was one of these companies. IBM was the darling of Wall Street. It was the most admired company in the world. This was a company that had over 80% of the world market in computers. IBM had no peers. But only eight years later, in 1992, IBM lost $3 billion. For the first time in its 80-year history, IBM nearly folded, just like the others. Success is never permanent, and success can go into your head and cause you to fail. In today's world, 21st century, world of business, sometimes you have to run faster just to stand still. So, I make the point that in order for any company to succeed this century, managers and leaders must realize that you cannot do the same thing and expect better results. Every system is perfectly designed to produce the results that it is producing today. Every system. So if you are not doing well, it's a reflection of the system that you are operating. And if you want to do better or get better results, you've got to change the way you do things. And I'll put it in a very funny way, ladies and gentlemen. You keep getting what you keep getting because you keep doing what you keep doing. If you want better results, then the system must change. So, we are operating in an environment of very fast change. And it is change that kills companies. Because, you see, if you're operating in a period of stability, you can do today what you did yesterday and the results will still come through. That was what happened in the first 25 years of the post-war period. We had come out of the war, we had destroyed all factories, and we were beginning to build again. And frankly, those days, whatever you produce, 1960s, 1970s, people bought. And you didn't need to be a genius to run a business. The environment was stable, the world economy was growing non-stop at 2.2% a year for 25 years. It was a period of live and let the slave. There was no problem with management or leading a company. It was easy. But this century is a globalized one. Because in 1974, 
Ghanaian companies didn't worry about Chinese companies coming over here. But today they're here. And the jet engine makes it possible. Today we have airplanes that can fly 21 hours non-stop. So your market is never far from a competitor all over the world. And it has become very, very difficult for companies to actually run successfully and managers and leaders to actually lead successfully. But you see, if you have the tools and you've got the techniques and you have what it takes, the strategic mind, the visionary mind, you can also succeed. Very difficult to run a business successful today. And managers and leaders must think about what is it that we need to do. Making sure that you actually lead your people to success. Integrate your people into the vision. Get them aligned. Make sure that people understand clearly what you are trying to achieve. And if you can actually get your people behind your vision, then success will be at your door. This is where we need to differentiate between leadership and management. Success in today's world depends on leadership rather than management. Why is there a need for repositioning? The first reason is the sheer momentum of change. If you observed changes in the country in the past 10 years, I suspect that the graph would rise gently and in the past two years or three years rise even more rapidly, not just here in Ghana, but all across the world. The second reason is the failure of previously celebrated models, whether it's in education, business, even our personal lives. Certain models that we have known to be successful in the past have failed woefully. Some institutions that used to be Ivy League institutions are today moribund. Nobody goes there or nobody sends their children there anymore. Why? Because the model that worked yesterday is cycle today. And so there is rapid change and previously celebrated business models today are not working anymore. Companies are having to spend time rethinking what they do, not just in the previous five-year sphere, medium term, but consistently, annually, monthly, rethink what they do in the face of very rapidly changing developments in the marketplace. The third reason is the continued raising of the bar. What was excellent yesterday is average today. What you could use yesterday to be at the forefront today is ordinary. Of course, we can also talk about the rise and rise of information technologies. Our whole lives are being redefined right before our eyes. The fifth reason I would like to allude to something that came up in the earlier presentation is demographic transformation. It is a fact that the age brackets structure of our country has changed significantly from what it used to be 10 years ago. And so if a certain way of advertising was done 10 years ago and we do it in the same way today, there is a likelihood that we may not be reaching the people that we are trying to reach. Indeed, it's been proven by research that sometimes we spend our advertising millions speaking into space. And so there is a need to reposition. Let's talk about some notable developments that have taken place in the corporate world 
in recent times that are worthy of note and that are going to be driving the change going forward. And the first one I'd like to mention is a revision of the human resource framework. Increasingly, many companies are beginning to rely on part-time staff, contract staff. Companies are outsourcing non-core aspects of their work. Why does this matter to you? Because if you went to school with a certain mindset, a certain notion that I'll finish school, get a degree, and go and work in this organization, you are finding out that instead of increasing the numbers, the numbers are shrinking because the model has changed. And this is a major development that is going to drive strategy going forward. Dr. Mesa talked about unbundling. That means that companies are no longer going to do the full value chain of their activities. Increasingly, they will find others who are experts in some specific areas to handle those areas so they can focus on their core business. What does that mean for you? As a bank, what does it mean in your client's profiling? As an individual providing a service, what does it mean going forward? So there's a revision of the human resource framework. The second thing that is evident is that there is higher labor turnover than before and it has its own attendant implications. Growing up, it was very common to hear people say, I have worked in this bank for 30 years, and they have a send-off party, and they present them with an electronic gadget or something else, and take a picture for, for the records. And it used to be the, the, the in thing to talk about decades of work in one organization. Today, it is, it is coming to the fore that people have five to eight different careers or different opportunities in different organizations within the space of their working life. What that means is that companies have to consistently retrain or reorient staff. And the painful thing is about the learning curve and the cost of preparing people to handle a role. And sometimes just when you think they're beginning to get a sense of what they are there to do, they have to move on. They are training costs. There is a loss of institutional memory which hits companies very hard because when they go, they carry away some of the institution's memory. The third issue I would like us to look at in terms of notable trends is the new socially connected marketplace. I suspect that a lot of things that we used to do analog in the past, a lot of things that we used to do face to face in the past are now being done virtually. And so with almost a billion people on Facebook, it is difficult for you to continue to ignore social media as a platform for your business. Some experts predict that in the future it's going to dominate every single management decision. Where does that leave you and I? If, people's, if 40 million people visit Twitter a day, if people spend 4.7 billion minutes on Facebook, how can you imagine possibly that your business will not be there and it will still be seen? And so in the face of all this, what must we do? How can we rise to the occasion? What skills can we acquire in the face of these trends? to ensure that five years from now, we will still be at the cutting edge. Do you know 
that 10 years ago, the people who were at the top are not necessarily at the top today? Do you know that if people 10 years ago had spent time in a conference like this, debating and discussing the likelihood or the potential direction of the economy and business, some companies that collapsed may have still been alive? As a manager and a senior one at that in your organization, as an individual or as a company represented by your management team in this conference, what skills must we acquire to have an advantage going forward? We must be able to learn how to process data into actionable information. How many people walk into your front desk every week, every year? What categories of people? How many people make inquiries by phone? How many people are hitting your Facebook page? What kinds of people ask questions about your products? Has there been a shift in the demographics of those buying from you in the past two years? What does it mean? Today, even a road, a road diversion can change your business strategy completely. For the last hundred years or so, our core industries in Ghana have been gold, cocoa, timber. Of late, we are talking about oil, which is not really doing much. Uh, but gold, cocoa, timber. So, let's say that these are the strengths of Ghana. Gold, cocoa, timber. We could add a few more, but let's just focus on gold, cocoa, timber. So, if I have an idea to build or to produce chocolates from Ghana for the world, will I be able to produce chocolates in Ghana based on the core industry of Ghana, which is cocoa? Will I be able to produce chocolates in Ghana to compete with chocolates coming from Belgium or Switzerland? And by the way, have you heard of any Ghanaian who has a chocolate factory apart from the one the state owns? So what does that imply? It means that even in our own area of strength, we have imprisoned ourselves. We don't have the necessary forward and backward linkages in that industry. So we say that cocoa is the blood of Ghana, but there is no industry around cocoa. So if I had a great idea, which is cocoa related, the policy framework, the regulatory framework in Ghana does not empower me in my own country, which for a long time was the world's leading producer of cocoa. I have no capacity to translate an idea that is cocoa related to become a global business. That's something to think about. So why is that so? It is not so by chance. It is so because the people who colonized us for a very long time made sure that they put in place a framework that limited access to these resources. So we became exporters of raw material. Unfortunately, we have been independent for how many years now? I'm still calculating. And yet we have not been able to expand that framework. So as yet... None of you here who has a great idea to produce anything cocoa-related can generate that idea in your own country. If I had an idea, or you had an idea, to produce world-class jewelry out of the gold of Ghana, would you have the necessary framework 
for you to use Ghana's gold to produce jewelry. So far as I know, there are a few people trying to do that, but there's nothing that big. We still go to Dubai to buy the best gold. And people want to have a wedding in the land of gold. They go to Dubai, who does not produce gold, to buy gold. So how come that when I have an idea that is related to a core product of Ghana, like like gold, I don't have the soil, the space to grow my idea. And if a person in Ghana had an idea to use Ghana's timber to build furniture to compete with IKEA, would the Ghanaian business succeed? I don't think so. So, we come back to the problem with a parable. It's not the business leader, the sower. It's not the idea, the seed. It's the soil. It's the soil. In the last few years, 30, 40, 50 years, a lot of previously underdeveloped, underindustrialized third world countries have emerged. And most of them have anchored their growth around core products in their countries. Sometimes it's as simple as cotton. Sometimes it's around a raw material like iron. Sometimes it's oil palm. Sometimes it's a non-tangible like tourism or shipping. But they have made it possible that if somebody has a business idea in their country around any of those in industries, that the framework in their country will nurture it and it will grow. Ghana may not be able to compete in every industry. We may not be able to compete with the rest of the world in information technology. We may not be able to compete in uh, other areas. But I think in three core areas, we should not just compete, we should lead. The leading chocolate industry in the world should be between Ghana and Ivory Coast because the two neighbors produce quite a substantial amount of the cocoa in the world. And yet between Ghana and Ivory Coast, nobody has any... I don't know what about you. I haven't eaten an Ivorian chocolate. And our golden tree is a nice idea, but it's so limited doesn't even have diversity. It almost tastes all the same. And I'm not really against the company. I'm just saying that why should there be only one chocolate factory in Ghana? Why don't we have cottage chocolate factories? Why don't we have it in villages? Why don't you go to Insawam and instead of people selling bread along the roadside, it's women from their backyard who are selling chocolate along the roadside. Almost without exception, if you study the growth of nations all over the world, no country has developed its industrial base without prior infant industry protection. Almost without exception. You're going to have to focus somewhere and you're going to protect something. In Ghana, we have cocoa, we have gold, we have timber. If we do nothing at all but build on these three industries, 
and build leading organizations. The world's leading chocolate factory or cocoa industry is in Ghana, and the world's leading jewelry, gold jewelry is in Ghana, and the world's leading uh, furniture maker is in Ghana. Can you imagine if we anchor our whole economy around these three? The growth that will be generated. You can forget about oil because we are not world leading. We are way down, down, down somewhere. Saudi Arabia is going to lead now. Uh, you know, America is finding new technology to produce uh, natural gas uh, from rocks. Uh, the whole regime is changing. But there are areas where we are already strong and have very little competition in the world. It is 21 minutes to the hour of 8 o'clock. So those were the thoughts of Dr. Mensa Otabil that you just heard talking about the fact that we need to build linkages, forward and backward linkages to our three key pillars of the economy, that is gold, timber, and cocoa, and to strengthen those pillars and make them the pivot around which our developmental agenda will revolve. My own thoughts were about the repositioning of our business strategies in the light of rapid changes in the marketplace, macroeconomic uncertainty, the emergence of outsourcing as a model, high labor turnover, changing demographics, and the new interconnected social media world, among others. When, it, when Professor P.K. Richardson started, he talked about the impermanence of success. The fact that you are doing well today does not mean that you will continue doing well. He added that sometimes you actually have to run even faster to remain at the same place. These are just highlights, some excerpts of the thoughts that were shared last year at the Festival of Ideas. This year, it comes off on the 14th of of August, that is this Thursday, the session in the morning is a breakfast seminar or breakfast for breakfast seminars, one on on strategy, one on marketing, one on finance, and one on state business relations. The evening is a night with great minds where business leaders converge to brainstorm and to network and to prepare themselves for the rest of the year. If your management team is not represented, find a way to find yourself at the Labadi Beach Hotel on Thursday, both in the morning and very importantly in the evening. Let's open the phone lines. Let's find out from you what you want to know about the Festival of Ideas and what you've learned from this evening's playback. I'm also going to give you 10 tips on financial repositioning, 10 tips, personal finances, 10 tips to carry away. You know, every time we have a springboard, we must have our 10 commandments, something to chew on, something to think about. 12 minutes to the hour of 8 o'clock. This is Springboard, your virtual university. Let me give you a few tips on personal finances from the scriptures to chew on and I hope that it can be beneficial for you. If you are a Christian and you are thinking about what the Bible has to say about finances, the first one is that God is your source. Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all your needs. God is your source. The second principle I would like to share with you is that giving is essential. Giving is essential. Luke 6.38 says, give and it shall be given to you good measure, pressed down, shaking together and running over. So giving is a scriptural uh, commandment. The third one is that live on your margin. Live off your margin. Do not spend your capital. Live off the margin. And that is very important. For some people, when money comes into your hands, they spend their whole thing. But live off the margin. Number four, the Bible backs savings. The Bible backs savings. Savings is a principle that you should focus on and you should be able to put something away 
Proverbs 21 verse 20, there is a treasure to be desired and oil in the dwelling of the wise, but a foolish man spends it all up. And that is in Proverbs 21 verse 20. So the Bible encourages us to save. The fifth one is that keep out of debts. Do not form a habit of borrowing, as they say, by heart. It's important to manage yourself and not have a tendency to borrow at the slightest provocation. In Proverbs 22 verse 7, the Bible says, The rich ruleth over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. The sixth one is the secret of contentment. Contentment, godliness with contentment is great gain. One of the greatest secrets of life is to be content with what God has blessed you with. Don't look over the fence at somebody and wonder why they have it and you don't have it. Hebrews 13 verse 5 says, Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For for he had said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So the secret of contentment is number six. Number seven is keep records and have a budget. Keep records and have a budget. It's important that you record what you spend so that you can organize yourself. If you do not do that, you will find that you will dissipate resources. And so keep records and then also have a budget. Number eight, do not stand surety for somebody without being very sure. And in Proverbs 27 verse 13, you are warned about going to stand surety for somebody without checking. Because invariably, if somebody goes to borrow and you go and stand surety without checking, you are the one who is actually owing. So take the garment of him who is surety for a stranger and hold it in pledge when he's shorty for a seductress, the main thing is that be careful who you go and bail or be careful who you go and stand shorty for. Number nine, work hard, work hard. He that tilleth his land shall have plenty of bread, but he that followeth after vain persons shall have poverty enough. That is Proverbs 28 verse 19. And then number 10, seek godly counsel seek godly counsel and psalm 1 verse 1 says blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly these are 10 tips you can chew on in the area of personal finances talking about finances this year's teenpreneurship conference is devoted to raising financially literate teenagers now if you don't know about teenpreneurship conference it is just that gathering where we bring together people from the age of 13 to 18 and we teach them based on a theme that we have this year the conference is taking place at the osu ebenezer presby hall from monday the 25th till friday the 29th of august it's a non-residential conference as it were they come at 9 a.m till 5 p.m parents just bring your teenagers to us we in the past have taken them through public speaking cv writing we train them in various ways and you will find that the child who 
consistently gets that kind of exposure in addition to the academic pursuits by the time they come out of school is at a huge advantage over the child that is one dimensional the rate is a hundred Ghana CDs but that includes lunch that includes snacks that includes resource materials and they spend the whole week with us they also have the benefit of going for corporate tours every single year among others the number to call if you want to find out about teenpreneurship, 024-999-5555 or 544 Just call the, these numbers and find out about the teenpreneurship conference. Just bring your teenagers to us for one whole week from Monday the 25th till Friday the 29th of August. And I trust that by the time they come back, they will bring you some value and you are building these children up one step after another. All right, so I'm going to open the phone lines now. If you have thoughts on repositioning, how has the first half of the year been and what are you doing differently as we enter the second half or in the second half of the year to ensure that you end the year in style? Remember, the beginning is not as important as the finish. If the first half has been challenging, remember that the second half can be great. The number to call zero three zero two two one six five four one zero three zero two two one six five four one. You want to ask about the team preneurship conference, you want to ask about the festival of ideas, or you want to share with us what you have learned through the various presentations on repositioning. My thoughts that I shared, those of Dr. Mensal Table and then those of Professor PK Richardson. He says you have to run faster to remain at the same place. And Jeremiah Boabing writing on Facebook says that's a new dimension running faster to remain at the same place yes that is how difficult it is to be successful sometimes you just have to run faster to remain at the same place or the law of gravity will bring you downwards 030 is the number to call to share your own thoughts about the themes that we have shared or about the festival of ideas do you have a call on the line hello good evening Good evening. Your name, where are you calling from, please? Yes, this is Abraham. I'm calling you from Tamale. Abraham from Tamale. How is Tamale? Tamale is cool. Right. Abraham, your, your thoughts tonight? Yeah, Tamale is very cool. Right. So, so your, your thoughts on the show tonight? Hello? Go ahead with your thoughts, Abraham. Your question or your thoughts? All right. I seem to have lost Abraham. The number to call zero. <laughs> Zero three zero two two one six five four one. You have to run faster to remain at the same place, or you have to reposition your business. All right, I'm having some challenges with the phone lines. Let's try and get them sorted out. Michaela, get, get them sorted out for me. You know how to work wonders at every time. Zero three zero two two one six five four one is the number to call to speak on Springboard, your virtual university. Remember that coming up next is a walk with Jesus, and the topic is prayer and work. What does the Bible say about prayer and work, and which of the two must be our priority? The guest is Reverend Dr. Opuni Frimpong, and then Reverend Gabriel Ansa, the host is Pastor Atuakwa. He that does not work, let him not eat. Simple. Right. Zero three zero two two one six five four one. Hello, good evening. Hello, good evening. All right. I think that I'm having challenges with my phone lines. I will take the last, I'll make the last attempt. Michaela, get it sorted out for me. Take the last attempt. And if I don't get it through, I will just cut the line. 030 is the number to call 
to speak on the virtual university tonight. Is it about repositioning? Is it about the festival? Is about team? Is about teampreneurship? Hello, good evening. Hello, good evening. All right, right. So, if you have any inquiries about these 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 programs, the number to call zero um, two four. Nine 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 five five five. Call after the show, and you can pick up the details. Let me wrap this up by reminding you that the Festival of Ideas will take place this Thursday. The morning sessions are four different seminars: one on finance or budgeting in uncertain times by Charles Mensah; the other one is on strategy by Vikram Mansharamani, who arrives from the U.S. tomorrow from Yale University. He's a global equity investor. He will talk about how to spot bubbles before the best. Professor Bob Henson of the University of Ghana will be taking us through emerging trends in sales and marketing, especially in competitive environments. And then Professor Ian Shapiro of Yale University will be taking us for a session on state business relationships, especially those of you who are involved in corporate social responsibility and then PPPs. Let me try one last call before we go. Hello, good evening. Good evening. Stephen from Ankerson. Yes, Stephen, how are you, sir? I'm fine, and you? I'm learning every day. So, well, I think that the issue of the economic crisis that we have as a country, you know, affects the, the lives of the citizens. And the country itself must position itself in terms of the reason that's being adduced for the economic crisis. I think the low um, prices for cocoa and gold. But one would think that the most commonsensical approach is to add value to it. Right. And stop spraying cocoa. Add value to cocoa. Stop spraying cocoa. Thank you very much. Right, Stephen. Thank you very much. These are debatable thoughts, but the, the most important thing is that they are short-term, medium-term, and long-term solutions, and we will discuss. We will discuss as best as we can the wide range of solutions um, as we navigate our way forward. The focus is that by the end of the year, businesses should have reported good results. And that is possible if we can put our heads together, look at best practices, look at emerging technologies and new concepts to enable us all brainstorm and work our way towards success in every area of endeavor. Let me wrap up on this and thank you all for joining me. Next week, come your way once again with Springboard, the virtual university. But Thursday, make a date with us at the Festival of Ideas morning session and evening session. If you have questions about the festival or about any of our interventions, the number to call 024-999-555. In the meantime, on behalf of Comfort, the registrar with Matthew, Philip, and Amos, God bless you. God bless you and God bless you. My name is Reverend Albert Okran. Good night. Thank you for listening to Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast by Albert and Comfort Okran. Like our Facebook and Twitter pages at Albert and E. Okran and Comfort Okran A for free resources and information about our itinerary, conferences, and media broadcast. For speaking appointments, email albert.okran at icloud.com or SMS or WhatsApp us on plus 233-2499-9900. You may also subscribe to www.albertokran.com, amazon.com or your favorite online bookstore for copies of our inspirational books and audiovisual materials. Until we come your way again, Always remember, you are blessed indeed. Searching the light, the light has come. He's a return.